Welcome to the Walsh Apps Podcast. I'm Abby Glassenberg. This is the third in a series of special episodes of the podcast that I'm rebroadcasting. They are originally Google Hangout interviews that I conducted over the past few years with some really fascinating people, and I wanted to rebroadcast them here on the podcast so that more people would be able to hear them. This particular episode is an interview with Stan Smith, whose blog is Pushing Social, and Stan writes about content marketing and has some incredibly valuable information to share about how to write an effective blog. So I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks so much. Hi, Stan. How are you doing, Abby? I'm great. So thank you so much for talking with me about blogging today. Dan, on your blog, Pushing Social, you give such fantastic expert advice on how small businesses can blog effectively. And I've learned a tremendous amount from um, you about blogging. And I wanted to introduce your ideas to craft bloggers who may not be reading Pushing Social yet. Um, because I think that so many of your ideas on smart blogging for small businesses can be applied to small crafty businesses as well. So let's start out with what Pushing Social is all about. Um, your tagline for Pushing Social is easy blogging for busy people. So what exactly do you mean by that? Well, you know, I think that this is um, the core of what Pushing Social is all about. You know, I think I have a couple of notions that I wanted to push against when I first started pushing social, which is blogging is hard, okay? And I believe that blogging can actually be fairly simple, especially if you're blogging about something that you're passionate about, which is writing everybody in your audience, the passionate about the crafts that they're doing, the passionate about the art that they're bringing. So it, if you're blogging, about something that you're passionate about is actually easy. So that's why I said easy blogging. And I also wanted to prove that blogging could, something that could fit into the lives of busy people. Okay, so I think a lot of times when you read blogging advice out there, it's write a 2,000 word epic blog post, which I am the father of three boys. My life is extremely hectic. I, you know, I have 20 minute snatches throughout my day sure a lot of your readers are very busy people, stay-at-home moms, um, guys who are hiding the moonlighting, doing their things that they love. So what is it that they could do that could actually fit into their already busy lives? So actually, I took the, uh, I'm taking the challenge of saying, how can I come up with things that are smart, practical, tested, and requires zero mental investment to make it happen? Okay, because that's where busy professionals are. We would be happy to rule about something all day long, but we just don't have the time. So, now I think that's why I said that it's easy blogging for busy people. You know, and Abby, let me just kind of drill in on this because I think this is a key lesson for your for your audience for your audience is that your tagline positions you against everyone, right? So, if you read my tagline and you immediately say, you know what? I like, I'm all in on easy blogging because everybody else makes it really damn hard. And I'm really in for, I'm a busy person, then you're my type of reader. And you will be able to, and when you go look at another blog, you will see the difference between what I offer and what they offer. 
with your audience's blogs, they need to do the exact same thing. You know, position, what they do, or what they're proud of, and what they offer against the alternatives. Do that, then you'll win with blogs. I, I totally appreciate that. In fact, I just went through the process of writing my own tagline. So, and I think it can really help you define your mission as well. So, what, was, is, um, what is your tagline? Well, um, we came up with "Let's Make Toys," which cool. me as helping you um, in my expertise to help you to design and sew your own stuffed animals. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Um, okay, so you emphasize that um, bloggers should also position themselves as experts on the topics that they blog about. So why do you feel that expertise is so important? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> and I've actually caught a lot of flack out there because I, you know, I call them the unicorn union, you know, the people out there who say, you know, listen, you shouldn't be aggressive, you shouldn't yourself, things like that. I think everybody who's read Pushing Social kind of knows how I feel about that. I'm all for moving forward, being um, as bold as you can. But you know what? To answer your question, though, I think that there is one major dilemma facing every modern consumer, which is how do they make a choice? If you walk into Target or you walk into Walmart and you want to buy a toothbrush, you have 50 different things to pick from. Um, there's 20 different types of peanut butter, right? So, I mean, like, right now, your life, especially when you go shopping, is about choice. And the reason why we don't like to take our kids shopping is because they want everything, and we're trying to pick one, right? So this is how we're solving these problems. The consumer, we have two things that we do. We look to brands, right? Because a brand is, I'm going to pick the brand of peanut butter that I like, I've always used, and some way, somehow I feel comfortable with this brand. The second thing you have is experts, right? So when you're looking for a doctor, you know, you ask your friends, which doctor should I use? And they tell you their recommendation from there. But we go with the doctor or we go with a business coach or a career coach that has obvious expertise and experience. Okay, so would you, and if you, to be blunt, bloggers do both very bad. We don't brand ourselves. And we go, we bend over backwards to make sure everybody understands that we are no smarter than they are. Okay? And that's a big problem. Why? Because if I am trying to fix a problem or I'm trying to market my business, this is a huge deal for me. And I want to talk with someone who is confident enough that they can put me in the right you know, every part of our life is based upon finding expert help. But when you go online, you're told that it's, it's actually a good idea for you to tell your readers that you're not an expert. You're learning just like they are. Well, quite frankly, I don't want to talk to that person. I want to talk to someone who can help me. So if I'm trying to sew patterns and I'm trying to understand how to do it, how to market it, how to budget my time, and if you say to me, well, you know what? I know just about as much as you do. We'll learn this together. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on your blog, but if somebody else says, hey, you know what? I've gone through it. I can show you what I've done. I can give you practical tips that worked. And all of a sudden, you're the expert and people feel comfortable. 
I think that that is such an important aspect of, um, of building a blog. And sometimes that means that, you know, you have a more narrow focus because frankly, none of us are experts at everything. So choosing maybe the one or two or even three things that you are an expert at and then being an expert at those things is probably a better recipe for success. Absolutely. Absolutely. You mm-hmm. know, oh, you know on, that, on that point really quickly, I'm sorry. Sure. You know, it doesn't mean that you should be a jerk. You know, I think that um, being arrogant means that you really don't know what you're talking about, that you're insisting that you do. Okay, so it does require some honest soul-searching but, you know, if you are actually very good at what you do, you're very good at what you do, Abby, there's nothing that says that you can't say you're an expert, position yourself as an expert, and deliver that service. I think that's a great message. Um, so you also advise bloggers, and I think this is also terrific, to fully describe a reader and then to take that reader and envision them specifically think about their day and how your blog fits into their day. So you're really just taking a reader and envisioning them, thinking about where they wake up, what they do during the day, what their to-do list looks like, um, and then how they come into contact with your blog. And then once you've envisioned that reader fully to when you sit down to write a blog post, to write to that reader in specific um, and not necessarily to sit down and write to an audience or sit down and write on a particular topic, but to really write to that one person, that one reader. So why do you think that that's so important and how does it change a person's blog when they start to write to that one very specifically described reader? Yeah, you know, that's that's an excellent question. And I guess I could go back to my own personal experience, but there's a lot in that question. I think there's a really lot of good stuff in there that I want to talk to you about. But when you, um, when I first started pushing social, I started it as a corporate blog. Really, I really wanted to talk to this uber smart professional. And, um, and I realized that as I was reading my posts, I realized that they were generic. They were dense. They didn't really. They didn't really show my personality, and uh, and I was like, I don't want to read this. You know, why would anyone else want to read? It? So that's that's one piece, and you know, the reason why I insist on writing to a specific person is actually because it is the least risky, most effective thing you can do to market your blog. Think about it this way, you know, and. And I'm going to use an example from smart marketers who have built their fortunes and owe their lives to smart marketing. So that's number one. Let's look at Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs built a product that he would use. Okay? He was upset with MP3 players. He thought they sucked. He built iPod because he wanted a better MP3 player. Um, He built iPhone not because he wanted Apple to be a phone company. As a matter of fact, he told people for years that he didn't want to build it. Uh, but he was just overwhelmed by how bad of an experience a cell phone user had. So he built a product specifically for that person. Um, Airbnb is another great example. Airbnb came about, um, and this is the site that allows you to basically rent out someone else's home, you know, for your vacation. This came about because the founder realized that he can make easy money by renting out his apartment while he was gone. So he basically solved his own problem. None of these people spoke to an audience. 
they figured out their particular problem, how they would go about solving it, and then marketed a product. So I take it to the blogging world, which is think about one person, like you just said before, Abby, to think about one person that you can solve their problem, that you know them intimately and talk to them. What you will find is that immediately your blog will take on a sense of power, will take on a sense of relevance. You'll start seeing your comments, people going, you know what, you were thinking you read my mind. Or, you know what, I was just tackling that issue today. And if you doubt that, go to Pushing Social and read my comments. And you'll see people going, Stan, I was just thinking about that. Why? Because I, I know them, you know, and I know that that's something I want to know. And I wrote to, you know, scratch my itch, but also to satisfy their problem. But, you know, you can go one step further with that, is that when you're blogging, you're in a race to be your reader's friend. Okay? You are trying to get to that point of trust as quickly as you can. And I guess if I were to ask you, who do you trust more, your friend or a salesperson? You know, right. I think you would say your friend. Why? Well, your friend knows you. They know what you love. They know what you hate. And you know that they say you should buy this brand of peanut butter that you will take their point of view. While a, while a salesperson, you're just a number. You're part of an audience. He's talking to an audience. And you can feel that disconnect. You know, and that personal quality. So don't, don't be a salesperson by talking to an audience. Be a friend by talking to them. So I think that's key. I think that that's probably the biggest message that I've taken from Pushing Social over the last six months. And once I started to write my blog specifically to a reader, and I really created this person a woman in my head and um, thought very carefully of even what she looks like and um, what she does and what she struggles with when she's sitting down to sew. And um, once I started writing directly to her, um, I can't tell you how much better my blog post got. So um, yeah. so thank you for that great advice. Yeah. You know, and I guess the, the follow-up to that question would be, well, what if I don't know? But what if I can't imagine this ideal reader? And I say that on the list of things that you can do, first, the most effective is to write for a specific person. Or you can't find that person right for you. You know, satisfy what you would say. You know, many days I would go, I don't know how my audience approaches email and blog, but I know what I want. So I'll write that post. And then if you must, and you must get out of blog, yeah, you can write for an audience. That's not the, that's, that's a very risky course. I'll tell you the way that I created her is I went through the comments that people have left um, on my Facebook page, on my blog, on Twitter, etc. And I looked, I went through the links and I linked back to all of the, those people's blogs and, and social media presences. And I read their profiles, their about pages and looked at their posts. Right. And that really informed, okay, well, who is this person if I had to generalize among these people and kind of create a conglomerate Person. Right. And that's the way that I did it. Right. That's really smart, you know. And I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in printing out a stock image if you have to, and pasting it by or taping it up to the wall by your monitor. Um, I, I, I like that. You know, another thing that I like to do is I like going out and actually, and I've done this recently. I think I did an interview with you as well. It's going out and talking to my readers, and you know, in certain cases when I let them know, I'll tape. 
them, talking about the problems that they have. And I will play that back to myself every three months or so, just so I can get a feel for how they sound. You know, because if you can get a feel for how your reader sounds, then it's a lot easier to talk to them. And I think the biggest compliment that you can ever get from a reader is like, is when they say, you're like a voice in my head. You know, and I think that's when you really figure it out. I think that's a great point. All right, so one final question. Um, so there are so many social media outlets available now, and it's hard to know the best way to promote your blog posts without kind of overdoing it. So you want to get the word out, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, be annoying um, and overbearing with the number of times that you, you know, um, are linking back to your own posts, for example. So you advise promoting with integrity. So can you tell me more about that and how to do it? This is actually a, um, a huge piece I've been thinking about. And I guess I've been on a somewhat of a mission to getting great people, giving them the confidence to promote themselves with integrity. And, you know, even in your question, there's kind of two ways of dealing with this issue. One is the tactics or the techniques of promoting yourself. So should you send an, e- uh, should you send an email promoting you know, your product or your blog or your post, you just sit that out once a week or five days a week. Um, you know, those are the tactical issues, and, you know, that you could go back and forth about what is the best tactical way of going about promoting yourself, but what I think about is actually much more, I think, important, which is this. If you genuinely believe that you're helping another human being, Okay? And it doesn't matter if you're helping them entertain themselves with a craft or if you're helping them get a, get a better view of their relationships or relate to their children better or even, you know, having them save money on their next car purchase. If you're genuinely helping another person, then if you are not promoting yourself, shame on you. Okay? What makes you think? That you're doing anyone any good by hiding your light under a bush. Okay? If you're genuinely helping someone, then you will want to go out there and do it. Think about it this way. If I had my lab a cure for breast cancer, okay, and I said, I'm a little squeamish about promoting it. So I'm just going to go out maybe once a week and do a tweet about it. And then maybe I'll bury something about the fact that I have a cure for breast cancer in a little blog post. Then you would think I'm a schmuck. Yeah. You would just think there's absolutely, what are you doing? So for me, if a person has a problem with promotion, you got to think about it in two ways. One is, are you concerned about the tactics? And you can come to Pushing Social and I give you all the smart tactics you need to use to promote yourself effective. But, on the other end, if you kind of feel like I shouldn't be promoting myself, then that's not an issue with promotion, that's an issue with your expertise. That's an issue with who you, what you're offering. If you're a little bit concerned about that, then fix the problem. Um, Get good about what you're doing. Have success that you can show. And then when you have that, when you can answer that litmus test, which is, can you honestly help another person with content, then you shouldn't have a problem with promoting. Tim Ferriss is a really, is kind of one of my personal mentors. I, I really like his stuff. He's polarized a large group of people. Some people don't like him. It's a four-hour work week author. Some people like him, right? Um, 
since I like what Tim Ferriss has to say, he can email me every day, right? And he can write a blog post every day. He can promote his product to me. Time, and I ha- also had another person that I really admired a lot, too. And I won't say his name, but it's going to say that no, I admired him a great deal. Um, but his approaches, what he had to offer, didn't match. Okay, it was kind of off. And it got worse over time. But he still promoted to me pretty much every week. Immediately, I was like, I'm annoyed by this person. Not because he sent me an email every week. This is because he was off base. You know, we no longer had anything. You know, so I think that that's the thing here is that, you know, if you're promoting something that you love, promote your love. Get out of it. Yeah, I think you've got a really good point, which is that all of this comes down to quality content. I mean, that's where it all sort of rests. If you have something um, important, something thoughtful, something um, that's really special, something interesting, helpful to other people, as you said, um, if you have something useful, some quality content, then all of these other things can fall into place. Then, you know, people want to hear from you. You're not annoying. Um, you know, I mean, you still do need to play it right, um, obviously, but, um, but like you said, there are people out there who I admire, and if they were to email me every day, I would be thrilled. Um, so, and there are other people who, it's, who not so much, you know, so I, I totally hear what you're saying on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, Stan, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing all these really great words of wisdom with us. Um, And I encourage everyone to check out Pushing Social to read more practical advice for making your blog work for your business. Thanks so much, Stan. Take care.